0: You're listening to All Over the Shop, my journey through the English language. So they've taken the English language, but they've looked at some of it and they thought, no, no, I think we need a little bit more explanation. Yeah, you guys made it so that people don't understand it. That's stupid. That's not smart. We've made it better. In a form of goggledy-gook. Of stentorian sesquipedalian sentences that nobody can ever understand. Well, luck, well, there's going to there be a good wee bit of noise. Nice noise. 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 You feel awful because they're speaking English, but I could not understand a single word. It was like the uh, common one that you get stick over is the do be they do be he does be and so on. Uh, good luck over there, but whatever you do, don't forget your accent, alright? Hello and welcome to the third episode of All Over The Shop with me, your host, Barbara Feeney, here again in my bedroom in Dublin, in lockdown. Yes, still in lockdown. Today, let's escape together from this shambles of a world we're living in. Singlets, pullovers, pantyhose, overalls, rompers, jandals, knickers. One language, so many meanings so much room for confusion. Yes, today we are going to explore the language of your wardrobe. But first, a little feedback from my keen and enthusiastic listeners from across the world, across the world, can you believe? Thank you for listening. So apparently, well, no, not apparently, this is, this is true, this is true. Google Maps in other countries have more accents than we do. So my Waterford listener, who's in New Zealand, she got in touch with me, sent me a screenshot to show me the options that she has. And there are so many more. Not only are there the bonk standard type of English from the US and the UK, there is also Canada, Kenya, New Zealand, the Philippines, South Africa and Tanzania. What the fuck? Seriously? Why don't I have that? It might be something to do with my Huawei phone. We'll get to that another day. The scone scon issue really got people going. And what I liked is that it got people questioning themselves. People were asking me, getting in touch, saying, do I say scone, do I say scone? And I had one listener in Dublin whose father says scone. Can you believe that? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by people north of the border who say scone. That's what the research said. But a Dubliner saying scone, questionable. And I don't like to bring politics into this podcast, but I have to. Because this week, the deputy leader of our country, Tona Stalia of Radker, said this. In the door and i am sorry for the controversy and the annoyance that my actions have caused yes did you hear that once more controversy 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 to say I was really shocked and taken aback I was cooking my dinner listening to the dull proceedings on the radio and he said this he said controversy he's going to be the future leader of our country that's not leadership (music) a strip especially of leather or hide that is the first definition that appears when you search for the word thong in the dictionary It makes perfect sense when you think about what the word refers to but also helps us to explain how English is a mysterious and confusing beast. Most of my listeners will readily identify the word thong with an article of swimwear or underwear with the back portion consisting of a narrow strip of cloth that passes between the buttocks and connects with a waistband. But I know that my Aussie listeners are likely to associate this term with shoes, flip-flops to be precise, a sandal held on the foot by a thong fitting between the toes. But the thing is, they both make sense, because as the meaning says, it's a strip of leather or hide. But that doesn't mean it's okay, it's confusing. No, but really, I enjoy it. I relish the differences and the confusion. It makes life more fun, doesn't it? When you learn a new word or you find out that something means something else and you're like, God, isn't that mad. So let's open up the wardrobe, come on, and explore the language of clothes and understand what is going on. We're going to start with knickers. I know, I know. Don't shy away. It's the elephant in the room and nobody ever knows what to call them. You know, like when Mr. Burgess and the Snapper calls them panties. Real creep. But then you go on to, like, a website and they're called, like, briefs or underwear. Uh, but then, you know, if you're referring to them just in conversation, do you call them knickers? Or is it undies or lingerie or boxers or boxer shorts or briefs or drawers or long johns or pants or underpants or bloomers or knicks or knickers or nikkies? I don't know. So we have to talk about the difference between pants and trousers. It's, it's a debacle. It's a tricky one. So I did a very scientific survey on my Instagram during the week to delve into this a bit deeper. And I had quite an impressive sample size, I must say. 333. It's a lovely number, isn't it? I put up a picture of someone wearing a pair of trousers or pants and asked people what they would call this item of clothing. 74% said trousers, and 26% said pants. Interesting when you look a bit further into this data. My sample is quite mixed, actually, because I'm, as you know, quite a worldly figure. Um, So the pants response was heavily influenced by Americans and Australians. There were quite a few Irish in there, including myself, actually and one of my brothers. The trousers response was entirely made up of British and Irish respondents with one outlier actually from Canada. I'm not sure what's going on there but we do have a margin of error in our research so we will just park that over there okay. Um, But this didn't really answer my question this research so I dug a bit deeper and talked to some friends because that's Really good kind of scientific, solid research, I suppose, isn't it? Just some anecdotal evidence. The consensus was, from my conversations, is that when the word pants is used, it's very much work pants or gym pants. It's quite specific. Otherwise, people would be using trousers. Trousers are more to reference the bottoms that go with the suit or something that you'd wear to work. Otherwise, people specifically refer to the name of the bottoms they're wearing, like jeans or leggings or tracksuit bottoms. Or if you're in England, you might say joggers. That kind of settles that debate, okay? Anyway, getting back to underwear, I would say knickers. But knickers is just one of those words that you kind of makes you cower and feel a bit embarrassed. Or maybe maybe that's just Catholic like guilt, I don't know. But I looked into it. Because I was kind of like, where did this mad word come from? So it's actually short for knickerbockers, which are loose-fitting short pants gathered at the knee. So I don't think we're actually wearing that garment anymore. I'm certainly not anyway. My favourite word for underwear actually is not widely known. I'm not actually sure anyone uses the term except one person I know. And that word is gunners. So the backstory, it's so eloquent actually and clever. So as football fans will know, the gunners is the nickname for Arsenal. And because you wear underwear on your arse, you can call them gunners. And I suppose you could further interpret it as the underwear are protecting your arsenal. Sorry, maybe that's a step too far. Let's now reach up to the top shelf. Okay, up you go. Yeah, take down a few hats there. I don't know where people store their hats. Maybe in a drawer. Maybe you've hat boxes. Anyway, I would readily just use the term hat to refer to all or any hat, whether it's a cap or a woolly hat or a fedora or a wide-brimmed hat. I think it's quite acceptable to use that catch-all term. In Ireland anyway. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like people would say hat, you know. The sign in the church door would say, no hats allowed inside. However, a conversation with an Australian friend last week taught me something new. He told me that Aussies are actually very precise about their hats. Perhaps because it's so sunny and they're obsessed with wearing hats, which I don't disagree with at all. It's very good to be sun safe. Um... So, what he explained to me is that a cap is a peaked hat, like what tennis players wear. Fair. Fine. I take that. I sometimes say cap. Baseball cap. A beanie is the woolly one. You wouldn't call a beanie a hat. Okay. I would more so say I know that term. I don't really use it. A hat would be the most shade-giving headwear, he tells me. It can be round or peaked but can't just be used willy-nilly to refer to any hat. Let's not even get started on the Legionnaire's hat. This is a type of peaked cap with this like extension at the back to protect the back of your neck against sunburn. Very, very functional, not so fashionable. This isn't a fashion podcast, so I'm not going to get into that, okay? Just wanted to stop for a moment and think about hats and all their types and varieties. And I just thought that was a lovely story you tell me about the very precise nature of hat terms in Australia. And as surprised as I am, I'm not really surprised. But I will say again, I usually just say hat. Whether it's my woolly hat or if you were going to some sort of fancy event like a wedding where you're wearing a hat if you were living in the 1980s. I always knew shoes was going to be a controversial one, particularly the following varieties: wellies, runners, and flip flops, otherwise known as gumboots, boots, rain boots, trainers, sneakers, thongs, and gendles. The Americans don't beat around the bush; they say rain boots. Does what it says in the tin. Not very inventive, Grant won't dispute it but today I'm going to lobby people in Ireland to take on the term gumboots from our good friends in New Zealand there's a bit of a theme running through the podcast today a lot of love for New Zealand wonderful country um I prefer to wellies I must say I know I think the Aussies also say gumboots listen correct me if I'm wrong as I said I'm not perfect and I am open to improving my knowledge of wardrobe words in English. What's lovely about the term gumboots is that the background to it in New Zealand. There is this farming town called Thai Happy in the North Island and they proclaim themselves to be the gumboot capital of the world. But the term gumboot in New Zealand, uh, so they actually think it derives from the 19th century from gum diggers who Were this footwear, or perhaps because the boots were made from gum rubber, that's where it came from. And then the term is often abbreviated to Gammies. Let's go back to Happy for a minute, this small town on the North Island in New Zealand. When you get to the town, I've never been there, I've just looked at pictures, I've read about it. There's this gigantic iron gum boot that you can climb up on. Maybe you think, oh, this is so random. They have this gum boot, But no, it's not random because it's as a result of a fictional character. So there's this Kiwi comedian called John Clark. And he often played a fictional character named Fred Dagg in his TV sketches. And Dag was meant to represent this stereotypical farmer in New Zealand or in Clark's words, a Kiwi bloke. That sounded a bit Australian, didn't it? I'm trying, really I'm trying to get better at the Kiwi accent. I promise I, I'll do my best. Like many farmers in the region, Dag wore gumboots on his feet and Clark had to choose a hometown for Dag and he decided on Ty Happy. So Ty Happy just took full advantage of that. They even have a bloody song about gumboots. out, kick it in the guts, Trev. They are wonderful, gumboots, they are swell Cos they keep out the water and they keep in the smell And when you're sitting round at home, you can always tell When one of the trevs has taken off his gumboots If it weren't for your gumboots, where would you be? You'd be in the hospital or infirmary Cos you would have a dose of the flu or even pleurisy If you didn't have your feet in your gumboots that's the tune yes it is time for word of the podcast I love a word that has multiple meanings or different meanings in different countries or places you know it's wild really wild to discover that a word you'd been using for something means something entirely different somewhere else so today's word of the podcast is one of those but it's also in keeping with our theme, our wardrobe theme. And that word is skivvy. So until this week, I would have always thought skivvy to mean what I found to be the first definition in the dictionary. A person in the past, a female servant, who does the dirty and unpleasant jobs in a house such as cleaning. But it can also be used to refer to a tight-fitting piece of clothing for the top part of the body, made of knitted cotton with a high round collar. So I learned that the Aussies and Kiwis often refer to a polo neck or a turtleneck as a skivvy. There you go. That's today's word of the podcast. For today's pronunciation peeve, I want to get into the double O, or the O-O, or the o So this week I started investigating the double O and I just have so much sympathy for people learning English as a foreign language because it's such a complicated nightmare. I mean, one website I consulted for information for my research said the following. The most common pronunciation for OO is the sound OO. This happens in words like zoo, food, moon, loop. Another common pronunciation is uh, like in book or cook or foot. Another pronunciation in some common words with oo is all, like door, poor, floor. But here's a little zinger. There's no way to know by looking at these words. Really, the pronunciation of a word has to be memorized when you learn the definition of a new word. It could be food, or foot, or floor, or flood. And on top of that, there are even more pronunciations of the double O. So like, cooperation, yeah? It looks like cooperation. And then, there's also the double O in words like, brooch. Brooch. piece of jewellery that you wear on your lapel. My pronunciation this week, it's not really a question. But it's more of a jibe at the person who created this ridiculous sound and rule and messed with people's heads. You know, so there's boo, easy, ooh. But then we meet boo's cousins. Door, flood, brooch, book, cooperation. They all look the same with their cute little double O, but they certainly don't sound the same. So let me ask you this. If we say boo and zoo and food, why do we say Book and cook. So this week's pronunciation peeve is book. Is it book or book? I know that there's some people still out there in Ireland who say book. I have always heard people say book and cook and it would always give me a bit of a laugh and I'd say that's gas the way they pronounce that. But now it all makes sense. I don't blame them. Boo. You see boo and then you add a K. It should be book, not book. So, what do you say? What do you think? Get in touch, please. On Instagram, at Babsfeeney, or on Twitter, Barbara L. So listeners, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening and sticking with me. Do get in touch and let me know about your peeves or your ideas. The podcast is now available on lots of platforms, including Stitcher, also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you want to listen. Thanks for reviewing and listening. You guys are great. See you next week. Bye bye.